welcome to the Blindfold Chess Podcast. During our time together, I will be taking games from living and historical players and sharing a game that is between about 20 and 30 moves. Feel free to practice your visualization by keeping the game in your head. If you need help, take a couple of moves and then verify that with a board. There's also no harm in looking at a board as we look through this game together. As we progress, I may be posing questions along the way. This week, we will be taking a look at a game from someone who just missed out on becoming world champion, Victor Korchnoi. Korchnoi learned chess at the age of five from his dad. At the age of 16, he was the Soviet junior champion. At the age of 23, he was an international master. And at 25, he was a grandmaster. Korchnoi soared through the Soviet chess system and became a candidate for the world championship 10 times between 1962 and 1991, including three occasions of playing for the world championship title against Anatoly Karpov, losing in 1974 by a score of 12.5 to 11.5, losing in 1978 by a score of 16.5 to 15.5, then again in 1981, losing 11 to 7. In the middle of this, he was feeling pressure from Tigran Petrosian and the Soviet Federation and eventually decided to defect from the Soviet Union. That decision cost him the ability to play outside of the USSR in the mid 1970s. Eventually, he was able to defect in the latter part of the 70s before becoming welcomed under the Swiss flag in 1980. There, as he grew older, he continued to crush his competition, winning the World Senior Open in 2006. He was ranked 85th in the world at the age of 75, and he beat Fabiano Caruana in 2011, when Fabiano was 61 years younger than him. Korchnoi passed away in 2016 at the age of 85. There are many that would say Korchnoi was the strongest player to never have become world champion. We're going to look at a game of his today. So if we're ready, let's take a deep breath. We'll set the board up in our mind. And we'll begin. Victor Korchnoi versus Anatoly Karpov, Candidates Final, 1974, Moscow, USSR. Move one, pawn to d4. Black responded, knight to f6. Move two, knight to f3. Black responded with e6. Move 3. White played g3. Black responded with b6. Move 4. White played bishop to g2. Black responded 
with bishop to b7. Move 5, white played, c4. Black responded with bishop to e7. Move 6, white played, knight to c3. Black responded with castle's kingside. Move 7, white played, queen to c2. Black responded with c5. White responded on move 8 with pawn to d5. E takes on d5. For move 9. And white played knight to g5. Knight to c6. Knight takes on d5 for white's 10th move. Pawn to g6. Black could have played knight takes d5 and take white's knight. Why would that have been a bad move? There's a checkmate thread on h7 with the knight on g5 and the queen on c2. Move 11, queen to d2. Knight takes d5. Move 12, bishop takes d5. Rook to b8. Move 13, knight takes h7. Black responded with rook to e8. Black could have taken the knight on h7. Why would that have been a bad move? Because after queen to h6 check, king to g8, queen takes g6 check, king to h8, and bishop takes f7, white would have had full control of the position. Move 14, white played queen to h6. 
Black responded with knight to e5. Move 15, white played knight to g5. Bishop takes on g5. Bishop takes on g5. Queen takes on g5. The queen captured white's bishop on g5. What would have happened if the queen would have gone to c7 or c8? White would have played bishop to f6, and the black king's time is very short with the mate threat on g7. Move 17, queen takes g5. Bishop takes on d5. Move 18, white castles kingside. Bishop takes c4. Move 19, pawn to f4. And black resigns. It was kind of a short game today. It was only 19 moves. It's not very often you can beat the world champion off of a miniature. Right at the end of the game, with that bishop takes c4, black is threatening to win back the queen with knight to f3 check. And then after the king moves to f1, then the black knight can pick up the queen on g5. So after Korchnoi took care of those threats with castling, all Korchnoi had to do was consolidate a little bit, and he would win this game. I'm not entirely sure if this was due to poor preparation, or if Karpov was having a bad day, or if Korchnoi was having a very good day, but he seemed to make the most out of a weakened king side and weak dark squares around the king. I hope you'll tune in with us next time as we look at another game and try to improve our visualization skills. 